Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows and movies and anime, including Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, and Rick and Morty. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Mel Moyer. Hello. Today, Mel and I are continuing our Pixar rewatch, and we're going to be looking back on the original Pixar film, 1995 Toy Story, the original Toy Story. Um... You can check out our past uh, Pixar rewatch films on, and all of our other podcasts at OverlyAnimated.com. We're going to, I think, get right into it. Before we start, though, a warning. Uh, I feel like with this film, there's a lot of... This is kind of like a nostalgia-destroying warning. Uh, with this one, a lot of people are really super emotionally attached to Toy Story. And I've, I, I've read the currents of uh, Mel's... I don't, I don't think that's a phrase, but of Mel and I's opinions on our rewatch of Toy Story just now. And I feel like we're going to be heavily critical. So like, if you don't want your nostalgic favorites being uh, criticized, I would not listen to this specific episode. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you like your favorites um, being called out on maybe uh, problems with them, which uh, I think Ian Waffles on Tumblr told me that when I said we we're going to do Toy Story, um, like that's going to be interesting. Like, what are the flaws in this classic film that so um, everyone thinks is you know so perfect? It always appears on the top of Pixar it's, lists. Uh, One hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. A hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll get we'll get into that. You know, because they the second one has a one hundred and then the last one has a ninety nine. Yeah. Very been out of shape. Yeah. About well, that. we we've not done two or three yet, but we're going to talk about. Uh, number one today and we might be pretty heavily critical so there's just a warning there although we're not going to be criticized for sacred criticizing we're going to defend all our criticisms and such and yeah so mel and i just rewatched toy story uh mel what was a cat yeah. <laughs> mel's cat is oh, it a the, no cats in toy story it's just that dog no right? just just this one yeah it's okay um, uh so what did you think of toy story like when you were a kid and you watched it did you do you have like these nostalgic feelings for it and what do you think um this time I actually don't. I mean, I never really was huge into Toy Story, um, any of them, but particularly the first one. Watching it again, I had pretty, you know, I don't want to say apathetic reaction because there were things I was looking at and saying, well, this isn't so great or this this aspect is good. But I just, I, I honestly, I've never really cared that much for Toy Story. And upon rewatching, this is the first time in years I've watched the first Toy Story film. Um, my opinion has not changed. So, like, I know that, uh, so, you said you haven't watched it in years. I know that, but, like, I recently I've said I'm not crazy about this film, so that may have colored your memories of it, but what, what did, do you remember thinking of it, like, I didn't love it that much, or you just not have much feelings in general for just, it? when I was, when I was younger watching it, like, last time I watched it. Or, like, what, what you remember of when you were younger, uh, last time you watched? I remember, I remember being stressed out about the end. <laughs> scene um but other than that like i just never really watched it It was never like the movie that that i wanted to watch often um mm -hmm. in especially the second one and then you know i go to see the third one because everyone went to see the third one and all my friends were talking about how great of a movie it was and i didn't think it was all you know i thought it was good but you know the the ending wasn't that great and all that other stuff but i just i honestly just never really had feelings for toy story yeah like here's the thing mel and i are both 22 and i think we're outside of this i mean spoilers on our age or <laughs> that's not really spoilers revealing our period yeah um so like we're i think we're outside of the uh 
age bracket. The age bracket that feels super nostalgic about this film. Like, Mel and I were, you know, two or three when this came out, right? Uh, this is not uh, something that I... This is not the, the Pixar film that I look back on and remember just constantly watching, you know, around kindergarten, early elementary school. For me, that's Monsters, Inc. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's Finding Nemo, you know. Uh, it's not this one or the sequel. Um, and I think there's some people our age who um, maybe had, you know, an older sibling, and so they just watched it all the time with the older sibling and who got them into it or something like that. Um, and so maybe some people in our age bracket did, but this isn't, we're not the type of people that are so, not the type, you know, we're just not the age of people that were super affected by this film. I don't, like, I remember this always having a huge um like not necessarily impacts but like i remember it existing when i was younger i remember watching it but it's not like it came out it was watching it like on dvd or something you know Mm -hmm. not that dvds existed then but yeah probably vhs of it so it's i mean i i remember it's like uh, so okay so toy story i rewatched it you know for the first time in a while like a few years ago and i going in i was like okay it's gonna be the best thing ever because everyone loves it um and i wasn't super excited by it uh and this time that's what colored my watching for it this time and again i'm not super excited by it rewatching it this time like so toy story has elements to it which are really good and as a first film of a studio it's incredibly impressive uh but it's it's narratively compared to some of the ones we've already talked about on this rewatch series like wally ratatouille even inside out uh have we discussed any others? Um, I don't. I don't know. The Incredibles. The Incredibles. Yeah, compare this to The Incredibles narratively. Like this is not even close. Which reminds me, real quick, my uh, caller, my roommate, has The Incredibles on her list of perfect or near perfect films. <laughs> I I think that's actually true though. Like yeah, it, no, it was really funny. Ex- we were talking about yeah, it. like we talked about that in The Incredibles rewatch. Social criticisms aside, which we discussed heavily in that podcast. Uh, and you can go back and watch that over the animated, listen to that over the animated.com. But it's social criticism aside, that film is narratively so good. Yeah. This one is like not. not that. I feel like the last 40 minutes of this film are like actively boring. Um, and yeah, no, literally. That's that's the thing though, too, is they lose me after, like, I guess it's halfway through when Buzz and Woody like get lost. When they when they fall out of the uh, window, like that's where I remember as a kid, like losing interest in the film. Like I had no interest when they were at Sid's house. The car chase, yeah, was like stressful, but I was not entertaining for me as a kid. And that's what I think. It's not even like the ending. It's like the entire second half, or I guess second act into the third act of the movie is just not at all entertaining for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I have no memory of how I you know felt about specific things about it as younger when I was younger. But I can I can tell you. uh, Well, yeah, I, I think. I don't know. I guess I remember Sid being more terrifying than he was on this rewatch, which makes sense. It wasn't even that kid. he scared me. It was that I literally, I got bored during that. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, this, I can tell you what I think about it now though. And, um, once we get to Sid's house, this movie is, um, is narratively uninteresting. It's, it's like, it's interesting. Cause we've talked, not the, the movie, but, uh, the separate thought is that, uh, we talked on this rewatch series a few times about how, uh narratively a lot of films have are great in premise and then kind of devolve <laughs> once we get into the actual narrative structure of the film and i thought this is just a recent thing for pixar um like wally and later uh it's like okay well, the great concept and then we just get off course when we you know get to the actual plot but we have the here we have the original and it's the perfect example of this yeah. um like the concept of this movie is is i mean i don't 
personally think this concept is incredible, but it's like, it's, it's good. It's interesting. And the way they establish it, um, expositionally is very good. Uh, A lot of the things in the beginning of the film are very good. And then once we actually get into the plot of, uh, Woody and Buzz trying to make their way back to Andy, which uh, it's, uh, this is so, I don't know if this is like a realization or if this is a coincidence, like that realization that all movies are like this, but here's another film where the plot of it is two characters, uh, like with a buddy cop dynamic, try to get back to where they were in the beginning of the film. This is Frozen. This is, um, what are the ones we talked about inside? inside and this is Inside Out. This is just every film. And it's just very frustrating. Like, I, I don't think this narrative, um, uh, this narrative element is even good. I'm not, I can't, rem- I can't think of a good example of it in a film right now. Um, and it's, it's certainly colored by the specific ones we've watched recently, right? But yeah, uh, but this is, it's just, it's frustrating, especially having watched the recent ones. It's like, okay, Pixar, the biggest flaw with Inside Out is, Inside Out is them making the same mistake again that they've made ever since their first film. That's, that's a little frustrating. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the, this film in the first half is at times very delightful. I will say that it's delightful. delightful. <laughs> It's, it's whimsical. It's, it's, it's very, whimsical. It's very um, novel, I think. And I think that owes itself a lot to Randy Newman's score. Yeah, certainly. I, that's one of the things I've written down is one of the highlights of it is Randy Newman's score, especially the three original songs he has. Um, mm-hmm. You Got a Friend in Me playing at the beginning of this is so good. Uh, the, the cloud. Uh, the cloud. The cloud, his um, wallpaper, the cloud wallpaper. Yeah, that's like very visual or very like visceral imagery in our in our memories and stuff like that i mean that's very good just it's the establishing of um of how all the toys interact and how um you have all these classic toys and how they have each have like these unique personalities based off of it's like we have a mr potato i don't know here's mr potato voiced by don rickles right it's it shouldn't it shouldn't shouldn't be taken for granted how interesting that must be watching it for the first time um and i hadn't seen this film in a while so i feel like i got a little bit of it this time it's like it's like if you don't know anything about the concept you walk in the theater and you see this that must be really especially at the time when these toys are more of an actual thing and there's not like computers everywhere now um that must be just so such kind of uh, an affecting uh concept for the film mm-hmm. uh yeah and uh i think it's lost a little bit of that i i think um in terms of how well this film holds up now uh like it certainly doesn't make as much sense because like these toys aren't as much of a thing and there's like no technology involved in this uh animation wise i think it holds up very well actually which is pretty interesting that's what we've said about every pixar film so far yeah like this this film's animation is uh, fine it's then it was made in 1995 uh it's 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 pixar has like made great strides in their animation but at the same time i wouldn't say that inside out's animation was significantly better like than toy stories it certainly had elements of it that were super all the humans look the same (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's different. I, you could argue that the Toy Story humans almost look more realistic than the Inside Out humans, but uh, it's maybe they probably do look similar. I mean, there's nothing in this film that's like the emotions having like their shining, you know, thing uh, like in Toy Story. Like that's just so visu- visually um, interesting, and there's nothing like that here. But other than that, it's it's not too far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Story wise, I feel like 
this is this holds up because it is the same plot as Inside Out, the most recent film, you know. Uh, so it's 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 got a similar thing. Uh, socially, uh, no, it doesn't hold up because this film is one of the most male films I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about that too. You know, and that in that element, we're not gonna love it on the thing, but uh, it's it's uh, on this podcast because we've talked about this many times. But it's 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 uh, I don't know. It's it's like what low so like this film has a narrative before the last 40 minutes though you know um i feel like there's almost two elements to it because they are trying to get back to the to the room and to andy before they get to uh before they get to sid's house right because they go to pizza planet and then before that they're trying to get to pizza planet and i feel like those sequences are more successful yeah they're in the car um then they get knocked out of the car yeah, like them at the gas station, I feel like is interesting. Um, I think Pizza Planet is incredible. Like that, that is a location and uh, that is a concept. And them, once they're inside the claw machine, that's one of the best sequences that of the film. Claw. Yeah, the claw, the the aliens and the claw, their worship of the claw is, is pretty brilliant. That was maybe the best <laughs> sequence of the film. And I'm reading about it on Wikipedia and that was one of the last things that was added, script-wise. Interesting. Uh, and it was added by... Um, uh, by so like late i guess in the scripting process they brought in uh, you look at who's credited on the screenplay for this movie it's crazy they brought in uh joel cohen alec sokolo who's like joel cohen's one of their writing joss partners and that. joss whedon he actually uh, i knew that though he actually yeah. only had two lines i think that stayed in the movie yeah so like these are not these three didn't heavily i feel like influence the film but like they added joss whedon said he added rex to it uh barbie um and he by the way, add this to your Joss Whedon article. If Joss Whedon added Barbie, Barbie to this film, who's the sheep herder? I guess is that who we're talking about? I guess because Barbie doesn't. Unless yeah, it. I unless know there they... was this whole thing where he like only two of the lines that he originally wrote got yeah um, made it into the final cut of the film. If 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 it was the the herder girl who who he added, then it's another you know um forced romance added to uh one of his things so yeah, that's that's kind of fits yeah. in line but if it wasn't if barbie was cut then that might make sense too because barbie is a character in toy story 3 so they would bring her back then um it's, it's this is this is like sets the precedent for how pixar does their scripts because yeah. look at the wikipedia writing sections for any pixar film and it's just crazy how many revisions they go through it's like um Toy Story is the Gilgamesh of uh, of Pixar. <laughs> they just keep right. It is. They just uh, keep Toy doing Story. it. Yeah, they really do. It's so. Except with a few exceptions, these Pixar films are so. These scripts are so heavily manufactured. Yeah. Um, and it's that's kind of crazy because if you you would not predict that based off of what you. They all seem like so like genuine and. Um, like heartfelt you wouldn't expect these to be just these heavily like studio produced scripts um and it's not true for a few exceptions wally wasn't heavily produced um i think ratatouille was uh i think wally and ratatouille were basically um basically understand brave and i Brad think Birds. only had two writers on it too well yeah brave brave isn't the best example though, i'm not saying they... it's a good film i'm saying no no no, not that it's a good film but it's i i honestly i mean we'll get into this but i take brave over there, toy story um which is obviously everyone would disagree with that but i'll take brave i I actively like Brave, but I don't think it's great. I think it's good. Um, I think Toy Story is like good, also good, but not great. But also it's just, I was never bored. I was maybe a little bit bored during Brave, but not to the extent at the end of this film. Um, 
it's brave you know changes directors and they have to cut out um i'm blanking on her name and so i don't know if that's oh. the best example for yeah, for this uh but brave is another example of just they they always like the, a lot of times they cut out directors they uh go through script, incredible amounts of script revisions and i it's it's i feel like we should inside out definitely did that inside out goes through like a billion revisions of their script and um uh who who did inside out Pete Doctor uh, yeah. is blanking. He's he Pete Doctor's like worried he's about to get pulled off of the film. Like one of Pixar's core directors until he at the last minute pulls out this uh, mm-hmm. this revision for the script, um, and it's like the idea for it. Um, it, it. I don't know. It's a little frustrating to to go and to read about the innards of uh, of Pixar's workings uh, because you want you know I feel like naturally you would kind of want more genuine um, narrative. Uh, like insight from one person yeah and i mean it does suck because you think about it like the thing that these films always get praised for is the story and the characters and you go to find out that it's not because one or two really good writers sat down and made a really good screenplay it's that they passed it around basically everyone like going for a grab bag of of tropes and and motifs and just manufacturing a story kind of takes away from the sort of like heart that people often uh, assign to Pixar. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, two thoughts. One is that like a group of people working on like a script or d- the direction of a film doesn't it doesn't necessarily. Um, Birdman had four screenwriters. Birdman had four screenwriters. Collaboration can be a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not, but that, but this is like seemingly beyond collaboration, right? This is like uh, revisions over someone's contributions and. Um, not necessarily a combined four insights into a, a film, more yeah. of just four separate yeah, things layered yeah, it's on not top. That four guys sat down yeah. and said, "All right, we're going to work out this story." It's that someone wrote it, they took it, mailed it off to someone else who drew lines through it, wrote this, and then repeated the process. Yeah, it's Which, kind of it feels like a machine a little bit. Yeah, and it's like a good film can result from that, you know. And Toy Story resulted from that. Toy Story is a good film, but it's it's just you you wonder if a truly great film can result from that you know i i would i would want to look back over films that are you know truly great to see if any of them have this this dynamic um the other thing is that looking at looking at pixar from this angle it almost seems like pixar is um is like uh like has a machine process of appealing towards towards typical hollywood and critical sensibilities um it's like they've the the word i'm looking for is manufactured they've manufactured a process to appeal to mass audiences with their films and this process involves um layers of script revisions and directorial firings and things like that Uh, they know what the general public will eat up and they will take strides over um individual creative uh intent to get there Mm mm-hmm it's that's it's a pretty heavy criticism of them. Pixar and I love Pixar's films. Um, they don't always do this, and even when they do do it, they can still result in great movies. I mean, I, you I, you're you have a really high opinion of Inside Out, and Inside Out did go through this process. Like ultimately, it was still Pete Doctor's uh, original like film and concept. So that's good. It's like it wasn't as much as some other ones, you know. Yeah. But it still did go through this kind of machine, and it resulted in you know a very good film. Uh, I, I of note, I will take Inside Out over mm-hmm. Toy Story as well. Um, 
I don't have the high, if you missed our Inside Out podcast, which is our first one, Mel loves it. I like it, don't love it. And it's like, I, I feel like Toy Story, Inside Out, and um, Brave are all similar quality films to me. Although I will certainly take Inside Out and Brave, Inside Out, then Brave, then Toy Story, yeah. Um, let's, let's get more into the specific film. We kind of ventured into generalities uh, there. It's like, um, okay, Woody's character is like the main character of this film, Tom Hanks great i was t hanks Hanks. i was very unimpressed by woody's character upon this watching of it he's very annoying um that's the thing sympathetic yeah that was really that's my that was my reaction too i was surprised how quickly his character is like thrown into this uh pettiness towards buzz arc and it's like it's, it's they do it so quick that to a certain extent it's part of his exposition like yeah. that for this character it's like how is Woody so beloved if his character is built upon this ne- this uh seemingly negative trait and i think we all understand like the movie does a good job making us understand why woody is petty towards buzz but it doesn't make it sympathetic no yeah yeah no i i always was was annoyed with woody it was it's i mean yeah, yeah again i don't really remember how i felt i mean because what is it but... the only scene we get before that is like the them prepping for the yeah him prepping yeah. for the thing and that doesn't really tell us much besides it gives two, he's like a good you know, leader and stuff and yeah, he cares about them two quick seconds on every character like oh here's the potato head yeah here's the t-rex and etc yeah it's to me i don't you can speak to this more than me but this seems like flawed um character exposition yeah. I- introducing the main conflict of with involving the character especially if it's going to lead you towards um non on sympatheticness when your main character in this feel good movie is probably supposed to be sympathetic. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it might be a flaw of the fact that this was, you know, they didn't start making screenplays for uh, animated films until Beauty and the Beast. That was the first time. I mean, other studios may have been doing it, but that was the first time Disney, um, and I consider I'm just using Disney and Pixar interchangeably in this case, but that was the first time a Disney film used a screenplay um, in, in the the prepping stages of a film so, so you're saying it's, it's like newer for yeah, yeah so i feel like what's going on here i mean if you look at the screenplay writers these are all like joel cohen joss whedon like these are all people who write two-hour um screenplays i think it's just yeah. a flaw of like trying to get a two-hour screenplay down into 80 minutes and they they kind of rush the beginning this somehow this movie is way too short and also drags a ton yes like it's 80 minutes <laughs> this movie is 80 minutes with credits and um like that's too sh- i think that i feel like that's probably too short to get into some i never understood this is my thing because it's like i get that they need to keep it short because like kids won't sit still for that long but if they just bump they all these pixar and disney films do it they keep it at like 78 80 minutes they if they just bumped it like up to 90 or 95 like you'd be at an hour and a half and you'd be fine like it wouldn't be that much more time but f- an extra 15 minutes would go a long way i feel like in a situation like this where you could establish Woody before making him look like a jerk. I'm sure some of the Pixar films are not that short. A lot of them are very short. Incredibles is 115 minutes. Okay. There you go. See, and that's and a perfect film. It's a it's it's very close to a perfect film. I agree. And uh, I mean, let's look at Wally. Wally is definitely not that short. Uh, but like Wally, 98 minutes. Yeah. I mean, and Wally, I feel like has sufficient time in the beginning to establish the concept. There's right. There's something to be said for the whole quality quantity thing i think in this case sometimes you do need a little bit more quantity yeah but i, f- I feel like the, the second point was that i feel like it's not um just a runtime issue i feel like the runtime issue is there but also they don't i think properly allocate 
uh, time for the exposition and too quickly run off into the to the buddy cop get back to the place plot they do spend a lot of time showing us how much woody dislikes buzz too before they that's also a thing it's like i mean if you read the wikipedia article on toy story um it's like disney executives at some point are like okay get by the way i was gonna mention this before this is this is like kind of a disney film and kind of a like collaboration between two studios it's like a mixture between that um but disney had been developing software pixar had been developing software for disney before this it's like it's like disney sort of co-movie yeah disney was in pixar's origins but and then also john lasseter was with disney and then um he goes away the pixar and he's not a disney director for this film he's a pixar director stuff like that uh but if you the the wikipedia article disney's executives uh suggest adding this buddy cop element to the film um and but and they he watches um midnight run the odd couple uh that's clearly what they're going for with uh woody and buzz um and so a lot of comes the heat (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of the uh, thing, it, it's it's just a lot of the film is just derived on, um, is just focused on like buzzes and or Woody's annoyance with buzz and um, I don't know, it just it gets kind of tired tiring, I guess. It's, it's like no one to a certain extent, there's no one to root for here. Yeah, because I don't think Buzz is a very sympathetic character either, only because so much of like his his character at the beginning is kind of this not a character at all because he thinks he's like this actual like it's clever to like have a toy that thinks they're actually what they're supposed to be and like totally buys into it but it it's his entire personality for the entire movie like he doesn't really get his own personality until the very end and then like in toy story 2 and i feel like that's also part of the problem he doesn't annoy me as much as woody does but there's also like there's just not much there at all it's just him reciting like basically what are his his button lines when you like press the button on his on his uh, spacesuit. I I absolutely agree. He he's not a real. He doesn't have a real personality, a real character until until the very end. Um. So like, who are you gonna root for? The non-person or the petty the petty main character? Right. Non-person. Uh. I I will say the one of the most successful sequences of the film I think is when Buzz watches the uh commercial for the buzz like your toy inside the sid house and um he he goes he has he attempts to fly um i feel like that's to me it's like that and it's like the claw machine and pizza palace and like the beginning some parts of the beginning um are when this film truly shines Mm -hmm. uh and buzz trying like realizing that you know he is a toy and him coming to terms with this and stuff like that that's it, it was very emotionally affecting and i think they do a good do do a good job with that that's also, um, you know, X minutes into the film, though. It's like 50 yeah. minutes into the film. That's the problem. Um, yeah, so I don't think Buzz is a great character because he's not a character until the end. We'll see if he's a great character in Toy Story 2. I haven't rewatched it yet. Uh, what he's... I don't think he's a great character. He's fine. Like, he's... I don't mind these pettiness characters. I mean, I want to draw comparisons to pearl in steven university not caught up yet though but like there's I a like certain pearl. you like pearl but you haven't gotten to this huge petty element of pearl like in flashbacks and stuff towards the I end know what it is. yeah well it's about rose yeah and yeah. it's and it's what's great about that though is like we're still sympathetic towards pearl because of how well they established her feelings at the root of the pettiness um and we had so many sympathetic elements of her before that happened uh but there's not enough there and to a certain extent they do that with woody um, we understand why he's being petty, and we understand, and we had a few sympathetic elements before, but it's not nearly enough. 
And it drags too much. Like with Pearl, it's just a few episodes where we have this element with her. And for the majority of the time, she's still sympathetic uh, with and I think she's sympathetic with within the other in the other episodes, too. But uh, but with Woody, it's just it this consumes his character. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's, I don't think it's 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 great. Uh, yeah, it, I think we actually hit on all my points already. So that's good. <laughs> It's I don't know. I mean what what were you I've I've said my highlight uh scenes of the film. Well where where did it shine for you, if at all? No, I really I always love the claw scene because I think those little green aliens are adorable. Um I wouldn't say like thinking about the film like that's a standout scene to me, but now that you mention it, like yeah, like that is a really good scene. Um it's a really clever scene. Definitely Buzz trying to fly in that song. Um I forget the name of that song, but the song that plays and then he falls and stuff and his like arm is flown off. Yeah. Um, is really good and the opening sequence like for when they're like pretending to be whatever the when they're being like played with and stuff like yeah. that's i think all that's really good but those are like the only three scenes when i think about toy story the first one that i remember um but i mean they're they're I, and I'm not sure, like, if you look, like, if you look at like the first one, if they're good because they're good or good because like there's a nostalgia attached to it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's it. I mean, I don't really have like standout scenes in this film because so much of it is like road movie meets like, like you said, the buddy cop, and then there's a chase scene at the end that goes on forever. So it's like, I yeah. Let's talk about the <laughs> ending. Uh, so there's there's kind of. I mean, I'm trying to remember the, what happened before the chasing now. There's, um, okay, so there's like two climaxes to this film, which is a little bit of a problem on its own. But there's when Buzz is trapped to the rocket outside, and then they go through this, uh, this scaring, uh, scaring the Sid, uh, thing. Yeah. With all the oh, toys. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. I think this was, I think that scene was well executed. Um, I, I th- thought the concept of him, like, playing Frankenstein on the toys was kind of interesting because it was very morbid but you didn't realize how morbid it was i think until you were a little bit older what's what's really interesting about the um see i feel like it's the opposite i feel like um when you're young like sid is like really scary and like him like changing off the tops of the toys is like really frightening but then when you actually think about it like from a moral perspective now it's like these are just toys you know like yeah, but they're like living things yeah but they're like living things that's and the none thing of them talk and I but it's like, like is sid sid doesn't know this though like sid is not like this terrible child right he's just changing off toys heads for each other it's yeah. not that bad from his perspective he's being it's it's like an analog to the kid that like uh tortures animals you know that's what it really is um it's like this metaphor for that but it's not, I don't know if it's a metaphor, but it's just kind of replacing one thing with another. Uh, this, like, disturbed child. But uh, it's... An analogy. It's it's interesting if you, like, get into the specifics of it, because it shows the problems that arise from these toys being, um, being like, these uh, conscious beings. Um, that that would just inevitably happen, but they hide their consciousness to to everyone. Like this type of thing would happen. They never explain why that had to happen. They know. They, yeah. They also don't. They don't get into the rules. But here's a random point, by the way. Uh, why does Buzz go with this? Um, be uh, stationary and inactive when humans are around. Uh, shtick. Uh, even though that he does. Even toy. though he doesn't know he's a toy. He's yeah. a toy yet. Why? Do you have an answer for this? I don't, and they honestly, no one ever thinks about, I feel like it never comes up that they never talk about why they feel the need to. Am like, I missing something? No. Like, I feel like this is a big plot, plot, plot hole. 
plot hole. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, it, it's not like it's glaring and it doesn't ruin it, but it, I did have that thought. Um, yeah, so I f- that sequence where they're scaring Sid, I feel like that's that's good. It's fine. Um, I didn't think it was exceptional. It was cool, I guess. Uh, I, I Oh, th- another question I have is how Woody is able to imitate his toy box voice um, and also do his real voice. So that means that it, that's, that uh, it suggests he has control over his uh, voice box and his like actual human toy voice. But like... He doesn't because there's times when it gets pulled, and like, it just says it automatically. He just says it automatically. Well, I guess, I guess in theory, it could be that it uh, can happen automatically, and he can control it, but he can't stop it. I don't know. Very, the, the mechanics I, of this are falling <laughs> apart. I question this. Uh, so we have that, and that's you know fine. And if the movie can ended after that, I mean, it'd be too short, but it wouldn't be the worst. But then we get this whole chase scene with them getting onto the moving van, and I just don't care about anything that's <laughs> happening. Oh man. Like, wow, it's, I, I mean, we have the fates of two characters who we don't care about that much. And at this point, I do care about Buzz a little bit because he had that great sequence. So this is post-conscious Buzz, you know, he's actually a person this at this point. Buzz, yeah. Man. So like, I guess I care about him a little bit. But then we have this whole element of um, the rest of the toys still thinking that Woody's evil. Um, and it's like they throw him back over or stuff like that. And uh, that doesn't make us sympathetic towards anyone. I mean, you understand why they would think that. Um, at the same time, we also have Mr. Potato Head, who's kind of a villain here, which is interesting and um, annoying because he's voiced by Don Rickles. He should be awesome. And it's, I don't know. I just, I just, I didn't care about any of it at the end with the moving van. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't. I think it's funny when they're kind of, when Mr. Potato Head's kind of being a jerk um, to them, but I don't. It goes on for there's a rocket and they like that whole sequence leading up to it too when Buzz is strapped to the rocket and they're like oh we have to go get him out and now yeah. we have to chase the moving van like it's it's I know it's probably only like ten fifteen minutes long oh it feels like half an hour though. but it yeah. feels like it's the entire oh, movie yeah it really does not 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 a not a fan of that and that's it's it's hard to have a hugely successful movie if you have this dud of a climax like it does I would say yeah. Like, I don't know, compare this to Frozen, and I mean, we don't need to get into Mel's feelings on Frozen, but for me, like, the highlight of Frozen is the climax. Um, no spoiler. The, it's, it's the fjord? I don't remember where it was, but once we get this moment between Anna and Elsa at the end, like, that is hugely emotionally affecting, and it's oh. like, oh, it's like, everything's worth it now, that we went through this dumb journey with Anna and what's-his-face, like, and, and it's like, okay, that's worth it, because we get this incredible moment, and we don't, I don't think we have that in Toy Story to make this dumb journey worth it. Yeah, no, honestly, and there's really no, the thing is, it, there's no, like, real emotion in it, I mean, at least you've got, like, the road movie in Frozen, pretty boring and annoying, but at least there's, like, emotion there, and you have characters that are established that you care about, and you do want them to get to the, the point where they're going to. Here, it was, like, the last 15 minutes of this chase scene are just like all about suspense and there's literally no emotion in it whatsoever. I, I think there's elements of that in the frozen chase scene. It's like when they're on the yeah. sled at some point, I feel like I remember oh, yeah, when they get chased by the wolves. It's something. like, it's just, I feel like that goes on for a while too. But, um, it, but the thing is that that's in the middle of the film. This is the ending of the film. This is the climax in toy story. And it's like, uh, we, I don't, this isn't the time to have the, I mean, it's the time when you have the dumb action sequence in the action film, but I feel like this is, like, not... I don't know. It's, like, not an action film, and I don't care about these characters even as much as I do about Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, which is kind of an indictment. 
Like, I don't know. Just that's what I was talking about with the action film analogy, right? Like, it's like even even some dumb action protagonist, I feel like I maybe care about more than Woody at the end. Yeah, no. Honestly. People no, are probably annoys the crap out of me. People are probably screaming at us for and that. And he doesn't but. even. I don't even think he gets better in the other movies because it's just that I know him as the guy who is a petty jerk. I don't. I, and yeah, he's I, also I kind need, of bossy. I need to rewatch. He is bossy. Yeah. I mean, and it's he's allowed to have flaws, but that's like all he is <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, he's, I, he's he's a toy made. Of I do remember Toy Story three, the climax of Toy Story three, being more emotionally affecting than. When anything with this when they're in the incinerator yeah i remember that being much more much better than anything here uh you you at some point said that toy story 3 is just a rehash of toy story 2 so that's gonna be interesting i haven't seen toy story 2 recently enough to judge yeah. to comments on that yet um but we will go through that's why you got a 99 because <laughs> it was just one guy said that it was a rehash was a big deal people got very mad because like one reviewer gave it a negative review and everyone's like he just did it so it wouldn't have a trilogy of 100 percent. i was like i don't think any of them deserve a 100 percent um that movie i don't think deserves 100 percent. i think this film definitely does not deserve 100 percent. uh the incredibles fine if that's 100 percent. like i agree that's a near it's perfect not. film it's like 90 something i mean that's like i don't know like, the difference between one critic one minor critic liking and not liking is not that too relevant i feel like people get too up in arms of that yeah. um but yeah it's well one other thing i wanted to mention is that uh in the wikipedia article again it talks about how john lasseter um screens uh, miyazaki's castle in the sky towards the end to try to influence this film further um and i can i can totally see that because castle in the sky is the same uh two people having a dynamic of trying to get somewhere uh and like this worries me because castle in the sky is an incredible film that laputa castle in the sky um and is that how you say it laputa I've been saying it wrong. I don't know. They probably pronounce it differently, seven dub. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's not even a Japanese word to begin with, you know, so it's one of those things. Uh, and, like, that film uh, has, I don't know, we'll, I'll podcast on this. Are you signed up for that one? Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, so we'll probably do this at some point. And that, that film is, like, flawed in the similar way that this film is flawed and that this dynamic of doing things with this two people and it gets exhausting and we're doing so many things and we're just trying to get somewhere and it takes so forever to get there um but like with laputa it's so inventive and visually interesting um and once they even get to laputa it's like the most fascinating place ever and it's just it, it, we have these interesting side characters who they interact with the like the pirates through on the way um, and it just makes this incredible journey, and it ultimately ends up being one of the great films, one of the truly great films. Um, mm -hmm. But we try to emulate that here. The elements, I feel like the elements of that film, which are not, are, which make it truly great, are not the uh, buddy two character dynamic and the journey. And it's like we're taking that, but we're leaving behind the interesting parts. Um, like we're going Sid's house is the destination. That's not, it's, it was kind of an interesting location, but it's not the, the one time I think that the movie truly replicates Laputa is when we're at pizza palace. Like that to me is like a really interesting location. Um, it's funny. It's inventive. The claw, they have the claw scene. That's funny and inventive and um, it's visually interesting. And so we kind of get there at one point, but just no, nowhere near to the extent of that film. And I feel like we really shouldn't be trying to replicate the dynamics of Castle in the Sky unless you're Miyazaki, because he's, I feel like, he's one of the only people that can pull it off to this extent. Yeah. No, um, I, I mean, I guess I need to rewatch Lap... 
I don't even. I want to say the word that it comes from, which is like the Laputians in. Um, yeah, it's not. Well, it's not the Lilliput. The word is not Lilliputian, but it's like yeah, but it was yeah kind of similar, by, similar um, deriving of that. Yeah, from uh, Gulliver's Travels. But anyway, um, I I honestly don't see this. Like, I guess I see the similarity, like you said, in terms of like the mechanics of it, where you've got these two people trying to get to um, a place. But other than that, like, I don't see any analog at all between those two movies. Um, well, we'll so re- it's very we'll, interesting. You said that we'll rewatch them and then we'll see. I guess and when we talk um, about that. Um, yeah, I just I, I I worry about um you know, replicating Miyazaki but not with the imagination of him, I guess, you know. That's uh, Or the care, I feel like a bit. And the characters are more the the the, the sympatheticness and the main characters and stuff like that even though I don't love either of the main characters in Ghost in the Sky. Like I, I, I that'll be an interesting podcast when you do cuz I I feel like I actually I, think that was one of my my more favorite ones. Like in terms of film or characters? Just in terms of, I think it was with the concept because well, very, like, well, no, 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 yeah, no, that's stuff. the thing. Like, I have a lot of criticism for Castle in the Sky, but I do ultimately think it's truly great. Um, so, well, that'll be an interesting one when we talk about it. But yeah, I don't know. Just in summary, I guess with Toy Story, because I feel like we're we've exhausted my talking points. Do you have anything else you want to bring up specifically? Um, not unless you want to get into the social issues of the film. <laughs> uh, we can talk about that briefly. Just, I mean, both of the toys are gendered male. It's a, it's a boy. It's a, another evil boy, and uh, all of the boy dog. It's uh... all of the. Well, I, I guess all dogs are presented male. That's like a more general problem. Like the minions, all dogs equals minions. You heard it here first, Stop. and all um, the toys in general are male except for the one specifically coded love interest. And Mrs. Potato is not even in this film, um, so it's just I don't know. This is very much a product of '90s film where you would expect this type of thing. Yeah, uh, it just that was one thing. Like that was like this is probably the most male heavy cast of ever. It's like even in, which it's not. I'm sure there are others. But it's like, like we criticized. He- the Incredibles for being heteronormative, and we have the caveat that, to a certain extent, it's supposed to be with its concept. But like that has two uh, very prominent female characters. There's just none here. Absolutely zero. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, and yeah, and that doesn't help the sympatheticness. In fact, it actively hurts it when I just don't. Everyone's male, and I don't see any. Uh, it's and it makes you question it dirt while watching it, which further distances you know you emotionally from the film. Yeah. Yeah. And. uh all their, the human characters are white, too. Yeah, also, that's the other thing. Everyone's white. Absolutely everyone. Including the toys. <laughs> All the, That's true. All the toys are white. The family's white. Saren and Lux family's white. It's, uh, I mean, there's, I don't know, this is very much a white person film. It's like, that's it's specifically <laughs> a middle, specifically middle class white person film. And, I don't know. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> it's worth mentioning i don't have much to say about it other than that though yeah i guess it's not quite as um hidden or disguised as it is in like wally or yeah like wally it's like we have to like break it apart to get down to the heteronormativity here it's just like here yeah it's it's there and you know it's bad you know and this was this was pre or right in the smack dab middle of the 90s male crisis so (laughs) oh well um i wrote a paper on that in my film class oh interesting i don't know about that You'd have to educate me on that one. I will educate you. Over no. my <laughs> I'll read Mel's uh, school. It was actually, it was interesting because I tied it into Disney films at one point. Because Ooh, I nice. was like, it was the reason Beauty and the Beast was presented the way it was in 91. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we need to talk about Beauty and the, Be- Beauty and the Beast. Booty and the Beast. <laughs> Ooh, the booty. And the, yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. In conclusion, where, 
okay overall what adjective would you use to describe toy story i would say still good like i still think it's good you i feel like you're maybe even more negative on it you might say like fine yeah honestly it's okay it's i mean i'm sure like i know like in my head like it is a fairly like good movie i suppose but i don't know i just i don't i don't know if it's like it's weird being in the minority of things like what the Tumblr calls the unpopular opinions because you think to yourself, okay, well, I must be doing something wrong if yeah. everyone loves this, but I can't get over the um, the issues I have. Like, this is, uh, to a certain extent, how I feel with Inside Out. It's like, if you take issue with it, it's you, like, you still want to call it good in the end, even if um, it's hard to not call it good. But yeah. that being said, with Inside Out, I do think it's genuinely good because they like inside out has its moments of brilliance and toy story i have like i brought up these good moments they don't approach they don't approach those um emotional moments in inside out um but i also think toys inside out i guess generally more interesting than mm-hmm. toy story yeah i mean definitely generally more interesting but it, i mean both have this you, you can see the narrative problem that i have with both of them very similar yeah. uh ranking toy story among the pixar films i have here all 14 <laughs> pixar films ranked that i did at some point guess where toy story is the bottom Toy Story is second from the bottom. Oh, what's at the bottom? Cars two. Oh, I knew that. Yes, but I actually like. See, here's the thing, though. I actually liked. I, I actually liked Cars two. I have not seen any of the Cars movies. Yeah, so uh, like on my list, the bottom three are Cars two is the worst, Toy Story second worst, Cars third worst. Which okay, you are just probably infuriated listeners right now that I ranked Cars ahead of Toy Story. That is like a sin in the animation world. But here's the thing. Cars is actually a good film. I encourage you to rewatch it. It is actually a good film. I'm telling you. And Toy Story is almost not a good film. <laughs> That's the th- I, I mean, we just I talked about it. I can understand that logic. Toy Cars is a good... Okay, yeah. We, we talked about it for 45 minutes. Like, it's not like I think Toy Story is bad and I think it's worse than a bad film. Cars is actually a good film. I'm telling you. I, I don't know. At least I think so. Like, on the, my list right now, my bottom... My bottom five are... Um, I think it's because people like to say that sort of Cars isn't a smart concept. Yeah. If you think about it in the realm of, of Pixar concepts. Like Which that, I, I agree with. This is a better concept than Cars. I agree yeah. with that. But like, so but what? I think people take that way too far. <laughs> but then. so what, you know? Yeah. Here's my bottom five. Brave, Toy Story 2, Cars, Toy Story, Cars 2. Oh, boy. Um, I may move Brave up on rewatch. I'm not sure. I have in A Bug's Life above it right now interesting my boo i love bugs life but nobody that was that was my movie when i was a kid like that like, that was still pretty like, early though it was but even before like monsters inc because obviously i didn't see bugs life in theaters i don't yeah. no, i did see bugs life in theaters well i don't when what year was it you i don't know if you would remember that but it, it's no, possible it did. don't make me okay we've argued about memories before but, <laughs> but we don't need to get back into that came out in it was 1998. 1998. I could I saw that. Five. You could have. Yeah, you could have remembered seeing, seeing it in theaters. I doubt. Like, I don't know. I don't you know remember. What? The only thing I, I recall from it is the scene where Hopper tries to like smash, yeah. like curb stomp. Have like, you Have you seen it since then? Yeah, I've watched it. Okay. A few times. I honestly, I love that movie, and no one pays attention to well, it. We'll talk. Okay. We'll well, we'll get. We'll talk about it. We'll continue the thing. But not and, him. But not uh, ants. No, we won't podcast on ants. Anyway, <laughs> so where would you rank Toy Story among the Pixar films off the top of your head? Ooh. Well, you haven't seen the cars, so I haven't seen cars. So. Is any Pixar film worse than it that you've seen that you think of? I would say no, based off of your reaction. You might... no, I mean, I'm sure if I saw cars, that would be the case. But With honestly... yes, like I mean, my bot two cars are two of the three, but my and again, it's not because I think it's a terrible, awful, god, awful, wrenching experience. It's just because I am so apathetic to to the film because it doesn't grab me at all. And I suppose it's like what you said, where that makes it 
almost a bad film, not necessarily that it is a, or almost not a good film, where it's not necessarily a bad film, it's just, there's nothing, it's like baseline, there's nothing that takes it above. I mean, I feel like based off of you, how you've talked about it today, you would say that it's um, not a bad film, but also not a good film, it's just no, neutral. I, yeah, I'm very neutral. No. Like, for me, um, like, here's the thing, when comparing Toy Story to the tippy top, uh, <laughs> tippy top <laughs> Pixar films, for me, which is Wally Ratatouille, The Incredibles. Um, to me, The Incredibles is like, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, if, if The Incredibles is a 10 out of 10, which I think is, is reasonable. I don't, like, I don't, I would say The Incredibles is almost a perfect film, but like, and if you're grading, if you, this is a dumb thing to feel passionate about, but if you're grading on a 10 out of 10 scale, 10 shouldn't be only perfect because nothing's perfect, you know? Like, yeah. 10 should be just the best of the best. And perfect or near perfect films. That's yeah. what we call it. My roommate calls her list. That's, I feel like that's, yeah. And I, I'm fine with that. The Incredibles is near perfect. If the Incredibles is a 10 out of 10 for me, Toy Story is like a 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. for, you, for you, it's like a 5 out of 10, probably. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's a big difference. <laughs> uh I, the, the the incredibles and toy story it's incredible is so much better i don't know i don't know how to say it anymore it's it's unfortunate we didn't disagree on toy story but we also got productive exactly discussion what you yeah. said when you're like you're like oh well this is gonna go that's why it's only 45 minutes yeah well that's why <laughs> this, one of, this is one of our shorter ones well i mean i i'm encouraging you guys to tell me why we're wrong on this um like it's i'm not discrediting like i'm not discrediting it. people who love it you know like Okay, first of all, if you love it because, you know, it's a film that affected you as a child and you have memories of it emotionally, like, that's completely fine. Like, you can even like bad films like that. But also, if you just think it's a genuinely great film, that's also fine. I mean, we're in the minority on this. You guys have legitimacy here. Uh, So I would encourage you to write us, um, email us, or send us ass on Tumblr. You can find all of those social media links at OverlyAnimated.com. And you can... Tell us why we're wrong on this. What other scenes to you stood out? What I'm, what are we missing? You know, stuff like that. Um, a lot of people think Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story. Mm, so, I, I guess. I mean, I haven't, again, I haven't seen it recently. Yeah, we'll I'd have we'll to do it. it. The thing that comes to mind is Jesse is kind of, I think, what. Jesse at what least, really at least is a female presence in the yeah. film. Yeah. So we'll talk about that uh, maybe next. Maybe that'll be the next one we do, even though I'd rather do, um, I don't even know, A Bug's Life next. Monsters Inc. We still have to do Up. Uh, Finding Nemo, which I'm not looking forward to, even though I think that's a great film. I've just seen it so many times. I don't need to see that again, but we will to talk about it. Um, And I don't know. And Brave, obviously. That's what will be one of our interesting ones. Yeah. So, I don't know. Last last thoughts on Toy Story? (sighs) Yep, there you go. That's the general (laughs) synopsis. Uh, I'm Dylan Heisen. That's Mel Moore. Mel, where can we find you on social Uh, media? at melmoy on twitter the melmoy.tumblr.com i'm dylan ova on tumblr dylan underscore ova on twitter and you can uh, send us ask to the podcast overlyanimated.com thank you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated yesterday we had our patreon exclusive podcast um so if you're not a patron you miss out on this once a month and it was pretty hopping uh mel was uh not there but i was not there <laughs> but it was uh you know it was pretty pretty hopping. we talked about future topics we might discuss and stuff like that and uh we got some good hopefully good material for the future um and if you want to get in on this uh sweet exclusive monthly podcast action you can support us at patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to our current patrons um who at various points throughout the podcast all of them were there thumbs up Ooh, we got everyone nate cordell shana beatriz and mitch 
Nathan Fillion, Cordell University, Shehena, uh, BH Exchange, and Fever Mitch. Thanks to you guys for supporting us last month and this month, and thanks to future patrons, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Check us out at overlyanimated.com. We'll continue this Pixar rewatch probably next to Toy Story 2. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah.